Hi there, I'm Rene Schwartz, and welcome to Moonlight Productions' versions of The World's Best Fairy Tales. This series is for listeners both young and old, and features stories from the Grimm's Brothers, Hans Christian Andersen, Arabian Nights, and some of the best classic tales. The Pied Piper of Hamon A very long time ago, the town of Hamon in Germany was invaded by bands of rats, the likes of which had never been seen before, nor ever will be again. There were great black creatures which ran boldly in broad daylight through the streets and swarmed all over the houses so that people at last could not put hand or foot down anywhere without touching one. When dressing in the morning, they found rats in their breeches and petticoats, in their pockets and in their boots, and when they wanted a morsel to eat, the voracious horde had swept away everything from cellar to garret. The night time was even worse. As soon as the lights were out, these untiring nibblers set to work, and everywhere, in the ceilings, in the floors, in the cupboards, at the doors, there was a chase and a rummage, and so furious a noise of gimlets, pincers, and saws that a deaf man could not rest even for one hour. Neither cats, nor dogs, nor poison, nor traps, nor prayers, nor candles burned to all the saints. Nothing did any good. The more rats they killed, the more came. But one Friday, there arrived in the town a man with a queer face, who played the bagpipes and sang this refrain. Who lives shall see, this is he the rat catcher. He was a tall, gawky fellow, dry and bronzed, with a crooked nose and a long rat-tail moustache, two great yellow piercing and mocking eyes under a large felt hat, set off by a scarlet cock's feather. He was dressed in a green jacket with a leather belt and orange breeches, and on his feet were sandals fastened by thongs passed round his legs in the gypsy fashion. This is how he may be seen to this day, painted on a window of the Cathedral of Hamel. He stopped in the great marketplace before the town hall, turned his back to the church, and went on with his music singing, Who lives shall see, this is he, the rat catcher. The town council had just assembled to consider once more this plague of Egypt, from which no one could save the town. The stranger sent word to the councillors that if they would make it worth his while, he would rid them of all their rats before night fell. Then he is a sorcerer, cried the citizens with one voice. We must beware of him. The chief town councillor, who was considered clever, reassured them. He said, Sorcerer, oh no, if this bagpiper speaks truth, it was he who sent us this horrible vermin he wants to rid us of today for money. Well, we must learn to catch the devil in his own snares. You leave it to me. Leave it to the town councillor, said the citizens one to another, and then the stranger was brought before them. Before night 
said he. I shall have dispatched all the rats in Hammond if you will but pay me a shilling a head. A shilling a head, cried the citizens, but that will come to millions of tailor. The town councillor simply shrugged his shoulders and said to the stranger, A bargain. The rats will be paid for one shilling a head as you ask. The bagpiper announced he would begin that very evening when the moon rose. He added that the inhabitants should at that hour leave the streets free and content themselves with looking out of their windows at the pleasant spectacle that was passing. When the people of Hamon heard of the bargain, they too exclaimed, A shilling a head! But this will cost us a deal of money! Leave it to the town councillor, said the town council with a malicious air. And the good people of Hamon repeated, Leave it to the town councillor! Toward evening the bagpiper reappeared in the marketplace. As at first he turned his back to the church, and the moment the moon rose on the horizon, the bagpipes resounded. It was first a slow, caressing sound, then more and more lively and urgent, and so sonorous and piercing that it penetrated the farthest alleys and retreats of the town, and soon from the bottom of cellars, the top of garrets, from under all the furniture, from all the nooks and corners of the houses, out came the rats, searching for the door, flinging themselves into the street, and trip, 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 they began to run in file toward the front of the town hall, so squeezed together that they covered the pavement like waves of a flooded torrent. When the square was quite full, the bagpiper faced about, and still playing briskly, turned toward the river that runs at the foot of the walls of Hammer. Arriving there, he turned round. The rats were following. Hop, hop, he cried, pointing with his finger to the middle of the stream, where the water whirled and was drawn down as if through a funnel. And hop, hop, without hesitating, the rats took the leap, swam straight into the funnel, plunged in head foremost and disappeared. The plunging continued thus without ceasing till midnight. At last, dragging himself with difficulty, came a big rat, white with age, who stopped on the bank. It was the king of the band. Are they all there, friend Blanchet? asked the bagpiper. They are all there, replied the white rat. And how many were they? Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. Well reckoned? Well reckoned. Then go and join them, old sire, and au revoir. And the old white rat sprang into his turn into the river swam to the whirlpool and disappeared. When the bagpiper had thus concluded his business, he went to bed at his inn, and for the first time in three months the people of Hammond slept quietly through the night. The next morning at nine o'clock, the bagpiper appeared at the town hall where the town council awaited him. All of your rats 
took a jump into the river yesterday, said he to the councillors, and I guarantee that not one of them comes back. They were 999,999 at a shilling a head, reckon. Let us reckon the heads first. Uh, one shilling a head is one head the shilling. Where are the heads? The piper did not expect this treacherous stroke. He paled with anger. His eyes flashed fire. The heads, cried he. If you care about them, go find them in the river. So, replied the chief counselor, you refuse to honor the terms of your agreement. We ourselves could refuse you all payment. But you have been of use to us, and we will not let you go without recompense. With this he offered him fifty tailor. Keep your recompense for yourself, replied the piper proudly. If you do not pay me, I will be paid by your heirs. Thereupon he pulled his hat down over his eyes, went hastily out of the hall, and left the town without speaking to a soul. When the people of Hamelin heard how the affair had ended, they rubbed their hands, and with no more scruple than their own town councillors, laughed about the bagpiper who, they said, had been caught in his own trap. But what made them laugh above all was his threat of getting himself paid by their heirs. Ha! They wished they could only have such creditors for the rest of their lives. Next day, which was a Sunday, they went gaily to church, thinking that afterwards they would at last be able to eat some good thing that the rats had not tasted before them. They never suspected a terrible surprise that awaited them on their return home. No children anywhere. They had all disappeared. Our children! Where are our poor children? was the cry that was soon heard in all the streets. Then, through the east gate of the town, came three little boys who cried and wept, and this is the story they told. While the parents were at church, a wonderful music had sounded in the streets, and soon all the little boys and all the little girls who had been left at home, attracted by the magic sounds, had gone out to the great marketplace. There they found the piper playing his bagpipes. Then the stranger started to walk quickly, and they had followed, running, singing, and dancing to the sound of the music as far as the foot of the mountain which one sees on entering Hamel. At their approach, the mountain had opened up a little, and the bagpiper had gone in with them, after which it had closed again. Only three little ones who told of the adventure had remained outside, as if by mistake. One was lame and could not run fast enough. The second, who had left the house in haste, one foot shod, the other bare, had hurt himself against a big stone and could scarcely walk. The third had arrived on time, but while hurrying to go in, had struck so violently against the wall of the mountain that he fell backward at the moment it closed upon his comrades. Hearing this story, the parents redoubled their lamentations. They ran with pikes and mattocks to the mountain and searched till evening to find the opening through which their children had disappeared without success. At last, the night falling, they returned desolate to Hamel. 
but the most unhappy was the town councillor who had bargained with the piper, for he had lost three boys and two girls, and to crown all, the people of Halman overwhelmed him with reproaches, forgetting the day before that they had agreed with him. What had become of these unfortunate children? The parents always hoped they were not dead, and that the piper, who certainly must have come out of the mountain, would have taken them with him to his own country. That is why for several years they sent in search of them to different countries, but no one ever found a trace of the poor little ones. It is not till much later that anything was to be heard. About a hundred and fifty years after the event, when there were no longer any of the fathers, mothers, brothers, or sisters of that day left, there arrived one evening in Hamelin some merchants of Bremen, returning from the east, who had asked to speak with the citizens. They told how, in crossing Hungary, they had sojourned in a mountainous country called Transylvania, where the inhabitants spoke only German, while all around them nothing was spoken but Hungarian. These people also declared that they came from Germany, but they did not know how they chanced to be in this strange country. Now, said the merchants of Bremen, these Germans cannot be other than the descendants of the lost children of Hamon. The people of Hamon did not doubt it. Since that day, they have regarded it as certain that the Transylvanians of Hungary are their country folk, whose ancestors as children were taken from Hamon by the bagpiper. There are more difficult things to believe than that. <laughs>